Welcome to the Mompreneur Guide Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Moran. Just like you, I'm a mom entrepreneur on a mission to live a present and productive life, to be around for all the moments with my kids while also following my dreams and passions. Join me each week as I uncover a new tip or trick that will help you live your life just as you want and with as much ease as possible. Let's get started with today's episode. Hello, my mompreneurs. Welcome back to the Mompreneur Guide podcast. Today, we have Julia Berninger with us, and she is a toddler mom, advocate for financially independent women, and former corporate tech professional turned serial entrepreneur. I am so excited to have her here today because through her business, Gold City Ventures, Julie is on a mission to help women replace burnout and endless meetings with freedom and flexibility online in a way you might not have thought of before by selling printables. When Julie first approached me and was sharing about her printable coaching process, I really wasn't sure how this was going to fit in with you ladies and what we talk about here because we already have our businesses up and running. We have a lot on our plates and we don't need to complicate our business by adding in too many other things. But then Julie went on to explain how printables can be created with content you already have how they can diversify and increase your revenue in a scalable way, and how they could be the perfect stepping stone offer to sell your other services. And that's when I knew I had to share this information with you. We actually did an Instagram Live together in anticipation of this recording, and it was simply amazing. But we were only able to scratch the surface on all that we can do to grow an additional income stream with printables. So I'm so excited to have Julie here on the podcast to dive into all of this a little deeper. Julie, thank you so much for being here. But before we head into the excitement of increasing our revenue with principles, can you start off by sharing your journey into mompreneurship? How did you go from a corporate tech professional to a toddler mom with a couple of thriving businesses? When I was in my 20s, I got very serious about climbing the corporate ladder and I found tech and I absolutely loved it. But in the back of my mind, I knew that there was something more to just the office life. And I moved out to Silicon Valley to the Bay Area to see if that was it. Maybe being around the mega tech hub would inspire me to stick with it. And it turns out that I was more excited about the podcasts and the YouTube channels and everything that I was listening to than I actually was about the day-to-day life in corporate America. So from there, I started side hustling. And even though I worked a nine to five or really much more than that day job, when I would come home at night and on the weekends, I was just engrossed in what I was learning about online business. And I tried a bunch of different businesses. I tried blogging, podcasting, and then even selling on Etsy. And it was selling on Etsy that really was a game changer for me. Now, it wasn't necessarily the most profitable right away. Blogging was the most profitable. But the ease of selling on Etsy, the fun and the creativity that allowed me to have, it ended up being something that was my favorite out of all the things that I did. Now, flash forward a couple of years when I had my first kid, I was out on maternity leave. And because I did work in tech, I did have a very, very nice maternity leave. I was able to not return to work for seven months, which is a crazy long time in the U.S. Incredible. But of course, at the end of the seven months, I was wondering could I do this thing full-time? Could I actually be an entrepreneur full-time? And that was right when March, 2020 hit and it was the pandemic. So I decided, you know what, this isn't a great time for me to take my pursuits and leave a steady corporate job with great health benefits and flexibility and such. I'm just going to hang on for another year. And I did, but I built my business alongside. I built up my Etsy revenue to over a thousand dollars per month And I launched Gold City Ventures, which is my now full-time job where I help women start Etsy businesses selling printables themselves. 
first off, what an amazing opportunity for you with that maternity leave to have that space and the fact that you already have the runway going of having the side hustle. And I love what you said there too, of that you've done blogging, you've done podcasting and you've done Etsy and you've tried it all. And what you have found is that it was easy and fun and you got to be creative. You got to do the things that you enjoy. And I think that's so important when we look at our businesses, especially when we want to have more simple businesses as us mompreneurs want and need (laughs) in our lives. It's like, if it's not fun and it's not easy, why are we forcing ourselves to do it? I I love that you found that out for yourself. Did you have some kind of creative background before the tech industry? Like, did you have some art in you? Like, where did that part of it come from? No, I've never been creative at all. And I did take an art class in college. And I just remember it being, I was definitely way too immature for this class. They bring in naked models and you had to draw them. And it was just that type of class. And the other kids were so good. Like I would look over at their drawings and they were incredible. And then look at mine and it was terrible. And then I'd be so embarrassed for the model. Like, don't worry, you don't look like this. I'm just so (laughs) bad at this. But by the end of the class, I think I got like the most improved probably award. So I think I got a B plus or something. And I was Mm -hmm. thrilled with that. But no, no, art has never been in my background. I do like buying pretty art. I like buying things on Etsy. I'm a huge Etsy advocate in terms of sending people personalized gifts, getting cute jewelry and things for myself, cute nursery stuff for my daughter. But it's not something that comes naturally to me. So that's why I'm shocked that I was able to do so well with printables. But that's a common misconception. People think that you have to be this graphic designer or artist to be successful. And that's just not true. I love, love that you said that. Because, yeah, I think a lot of us, as I know we're going to dive into, have things, have templates, have all these things that are probably already resources from the work that we do. But then we think, well, you know, to sell it online, we'd want it to look pretty and we'd want to, you know, make sure it has X, Y, and Z. And that's not my area of expertise. So, you know, how, how can I do this? And so I love that you had an inkling and an itch to be creative, but you found creativity in a different way. So was your creativity then coming up with all these different printable ideas? That's where you got to be creative? I think so. And for me, I really love keyword research and I love being in the details on trends and finding out what is trending. And then I find a way to apply those trends and the keyword research I'm finding myself in a non-complicated way. So for example, in the printable space, if you know that wedding stationary is trending, even if you can make a million dollars with that, if you're not a graphic designer, maybe that's not the best niche for you to attempt. Whereas people have much lower standards for the bachelorette niche, which which I was in, and also for printable workbooks and things that some of us who are business owners may already have. You may think that you need to design this beautiful thing, but at the most part, we just want modern, simplistic, black and white stuff. Most people want to apply their own brand colors. They don't want to see this art all over the place. So I actually think that you can get started with what you have and you don't need to have that artistic background to do it. I love hearing that. And I think that's so interesting too, how you said, and for everybody listening, it's the creativity doesn't have to come the way you traditionally think of it. Creativity for you, you like the data, you like the trends and How awesome is that, that you're creating your business based around that? And so I want to encourage everybody listening that think about what you enjoy and how can you take that spin on what you love to do and infuse that into what you do day in and day out. So Julie, why don't we dive into this a bit more on how to generate five figures with printables? Talk to us about the type of printables and how we can kind of categorize those and then look at what we already have and see where they fit into the categories. 
Sure. So I think the first thing to ask yourself is, do I already have printables for my existing audience? Have I already created something or bought a template or something that I could give to this audience? And would that audience be willing to pay for this thing? In the printable space, there's a lot of things that are given as giveaways, but then there are some things that are more valuable that you can actually sell. And one thing that I've been really surprised about, even though people are giving away certain types of printables for free online, or you'll see them on Pinterest, people will still pay for those same exact ones on Etsy because they're similar people searching, but when you're on Etsy, you're in the mood to buy and you know what you're looking for. And that's just a totally different vibe than on Google or Pinterest, where you're just trying to get something free and you're not as serious about the purchase. So that would be the first thing, just see what you have. And then second, think about what your audience needs or what would add value. So let's say that you're like me and you have an online course or you have a blog or you have an Instagram account where you're serving a certain audience. Are there certain things that that audience need or would benefit from or that you could make for them? So for example, in our space, I have a course that helps people sell printables on Etsy, what would be more helpful than providing them with pre-made templates where they can just drag and drop their own designs and then they get started listing products quickly. That was a digital idea that we added to our lineup to help benefit our, our customers and also bring in additional revenue. Now, in the case of other businesses, let's say that you work with clients, could you offer a client onboarding packet? That's something I've actually made a lot of money from in my Etsy shop. I have a client onboarding and offboarding packet. Some of you may have that already if you work in the services industry, and that's something that you can just monetize. You can sell it to other entrepreneurs like me. It's not selling it to your audience, but it's selling it to adjacent business owners that also need that function. I love that simplicity there. That's really interesting to think about what are the processes that you do in your business that's not necessarily what you teach people, but just something that you already have. One question I wanted to ask you about Etsy specifically, can you talk to us a bit about like the buyer breakdown of the platform? You know, I think when I think of Etsy, obviously like wedding, bachelorette, I think of that, you know, baby invitations. That's a place that I immediately go. Artwork, the artwork I have uh, right behind me. I bought that from somebody off of Etsy. And so I'm curious, are there other segments that we might not realize like this business section? Like, can you talk to us a little bit about what you know about the space there? Sure. There are different groups of buyers on Etsy, like you mentioned. The big overarching theme, and we've been able to test this because we've had thousands of people take this course, mm-hmm. there are people that are buying seasonal items in every single category of mm-hmm. buyer that you just mentioned. So seasonal, wall art, seasonal, when you talked about pictures to hang in your wall, that's one thing. In the space of people that have kids, kids, games, scavenger hunts for the holidays, coloring pages, teacher appreciation gifts. If you have a blog or a business that has something to do with kids or providing moms with whatever they need, then there's tons of opportunities, seasonal opportunities for you there. Entrepreneurs, we as an entrepreneur need to purchase seasonal branding. So seasonal Instagram posts. One kind of area that I got into was supporting realtors and realtors are constantly looking for ways to get in touch with their clients, even after they've already helped them buy a house. So they might send out a postcard for Christmas saying from our family to yours, you know, don't forget about me, use me next year or you want to sell your house or whatever. They might want to put those posts on social media. There are just so many opportunities in so many spaces, but a lot of them kind of center on Etsy around gift giving occasions, holidays and events. 
Interesting. So what about for somebody who has a more traditional industry? Like I'm thinking of the like OBMs out there, people who do more process things or bookkeepers or maybe like life coaches. Where where have you seen stuff that would be seasonal or templates fall into play there that seem to do well? Well, definitely in the life coach space, I mentioned the onboarding and offboarding templates, but there are so many different, you know, client contracts client service pricing guide. There's so many different things that a, a starting life coach would want. In other spaces that you mentioned, let's see, I think you had a couple others. Like accountants or operation managers. So yeah, are a lot of those not necessarily the documents that they have that they work with with their clients. That's not necessarily what people are looking for, but more of looking at the processes that you do in your business that you can then spin into a template. I know personally, I was just asking around about a profit and loss template and mm-hmm. a weekly cash flow template in that space. And sometimes as a business owner, you're not ready to hire the full on service provider, mm-hmm. but you can afford a $27 template. And that would be a great intro. I mean, some of these templates that I'm using, they're more intro things. They could be upsold into a course or a service or something that costs a little more, but you can catch the right audience with a template. So I would say you may think, oh, well, I can't distill all of my services and knowledge down to this, but think of it more as a lead magnet. And what better quality of client would it be than someone that's willing to pay for a paid lead magnet versus those freebies that you see on, on Pinterest? I love that. And I loved that note that you had said about it's a lead generation opportunity. And I know a lot of us have heard about, you know, mini workshops and all of that, which is the same concept or the SLO where you're having somebody pay and a paid buyer is typically a more committed buyer than, you know, a freebie person. And so I love how you're saying that is like, this isn't just another lead generating opportunity because how many people and how many eyes can, can be seen on your shop when you're on Etsy versus you just being out there and doing your own thing. Can you talk to us a little bit about those stats there of like how many people are showing up on Etsy and and on average seeing different shops that may not have gotten views before? Well, Etsy has 90 million customers at this point. It has grown year over year. I think when a couple of years ago, they were at like 20 million and then the pandemic hit, everyone's shopping online. Everyone cares about giving personalized gifts and things that feel more thoughtful and handmade. Etsy is just perfect for that. I myself, I even invested in Etsy as a stock owner and I purchased, I think maybe 2018 for like $17. And now I sold recently for like 220 a share. The company itself has just exploded. So if you feel that everything is already done and there's no room for me and everyone's already successful, this is just the beginning for printables. Mm -hmm. This is only the beginning for Etsy. The demand is is certainly increasing. Mm -hmm. Now, in terms of what you're saying regarding using this strategy as a lead magnet, for myself, selling in the printable space, I like to attract creative entrepreneurs that like to make products for other people. We have an Etsy store separate from the one that I created for bachelorette parties and such mm-hmm. that my business partner, Cody, and I have together. And we use it entirely for lead generation. We make only products that our ideal ultimate customer or course buyer would want. Mm -hmm. And then when they purchase the product, Etsy allows you to give a digital product message where they learn more about us. And then we also attach a PDF to their download. That's like a little bit of a flyer that tells them more about us. And then they have the opportunity to register for a freebie there. You can't just scrape all the email addresses from Etsy. That's not allowed. But if the customer chooses to opt in and you provide them something of value in exchange for that email, then you can use that as lead generation. 
So for some of you that are just dumping money down into ads, or you're thinking about paid ads, why not get paid mm-hmm. for your lead gen in this case? And you know, if they never contact you, that's fine. But maybe you made $4 on the purchase of the template or whatever. Some industries you could charge more like $12, $16, $25 for a template bundle. That is absolute genius. I like love, love what you're saying there. And yeah, it's so right. Instead of shelling money out for ads, why don't you just put something up? What's what's the harm? You know, if it's a template you already have, what's the harm in at least trying it on Etsy and seeing what happens? And yeah, I'm really curious about what you're saying there too, because I think in my head, I was just assuming like on your own site, when somebody buys, you have their email. But in this case, you did a freebie. They paid, but then you tried to get them into a freebie so that you could receive their email. And that was what I was curious about is what do you see that bridge looking like from buying the template on Etsy over to, hey, you liked this? Well, I have a where you can get this and more, like come join us here. Is that what you typically see convert well on on that PDF that you have? Or is it the freebie and it's a longer nurturing sequence than that? We definitely have a nurturing email sequence because on Etsy, while They really make a push to try to help you get to know the people you're buying from better. A lot of us, when we're in the mood to buy, it's late. The kids have gone to bed. We're just like trying to get something done fast and we're clicking. So we don't necessarily realize who we're purchasing from. So in that case, I never would recommend an automatic hit them with like, hey, come to my membership, whatever. We do have an email sequence and I don't know how advanced everyone is in their business, but there is something called UTM codes that you can look up Mm -hmm. where You can add certain things to certain links so that you have a better sense when you look in Google Analytics of where stuff's coming from. So you could know which products are more popular or you could know it's from my free flyer or whatever. And then you could start to provide more support or like experiment with the funnel that's coming from there. So you you could totally do all these things or you could not. So my my philosophy, I know this is now sounding like I'm this very techie kind of data person while I truly am. Yeah. I have a very set it and a forget it vibe to my businesses because I have this optimistic belief that I can have family and flexibility and all of that. And also originally I was trying to achieve financial independence, retire early. That's a huge part of my story, but my husband and I saved up a whole bunch of money so that we could retire in our early thirties and walk away and never work again. Well, it turns out that I like working and so does he. <laughs> so now we're fighting each other all day to try to like grab more time because you know, with everything going on with the pandemic, it's been hard to find childcare. Mm-hmm. So that totally hasn't happened, but, but I still have that kind of philosophy. So last year I took six months off Etsy completely. And my main shop, the Swag Elephant, still made over $1,000 per month, just mm-hmm. kind of rolled with it, which I love. So for people that are like, hey, I'm already doing too much. This is not too much. You, you do too much at the beginning to try to learn it. And then you just leave it there. And then the other shop that we had, our shared shop, we barely even work on it, but it just has that lead gen coming in for us. So yes, like we have UTM set up, we could lean into it, but we don't always do that. We're kind of like, look, this is providing us with tons of leads. We're happy with the vibe right now. Um, um, Rome wasn't a built in a day. I don't need to become a $10 million entrepreneur. Cause I think as a mom, that's been the biggest, most frustrating thing is like, I want to be this super successful multi-million dollar entrepreneur and I have no time. Mm -hmm. And in the season of my life, I just literally don't. And sometimes like that makes me actually really upset. I'm sure some of you can understand this. It's like, if I had my peer that wasn't a mom or, you know, a male or whatever, they would be like crushing it, right? Like how motivated we all are and how we're learning so much. And it's just like disappointing. So I try not to set myself up to get all freaked out and disappointed. And I just say, you know what, I'm just going to leave it. 
and it, whatever I'm going to get from it is wonderful, but I'm not going to like really lean in that hard and then have it become a, another thing that I have to do. Mm-hmm. I love your mindset there because as everybody listening knows, I'm all about being a present and productive mompreneur. And I love that you have the same mentality as well. It's like, so when you said you took off six months, it wasn't that you shut the shop down. You just weren't actively promoting it or putting out new products or things like that. And you still were making money consistently without having to do anything. Yeah. How much of that consistency do you think continued because you had put in some work at the beginning? And what does that beginning work look like when you get your shop up and running? What does consistency even look like? Or is it just the fact of posting something that that starts to generate leads? I think and when I we see people go through the course, we'll see people put up a product and they'll make a sale overnight. And I know that sounds crazy, but it's just Etsy is incentivized to put new stuff in front of customers and to help you make sales because that's how they make money, the transaction fees. But you kind of need to get to a certain number of products in order to get like a thousand dollars per month. I think at least 50 products in your shop. Now that seems like a lot, but when you look at my shop, I have six different products that are the same product and they're just different vibes because I know in some of them might be different keywords. Like maybe this um, client onboarding packet, I have one for one particular niche of person, but then that same one could be a virtual assistant packet and the same one could be a realtor packet or whatever. So it didn't actually take me 50 different products. It was more like similar base templates. And then when I found one that sold, I would just adjust the keywords and maybe the listing pictures and Mm -hmm. slightly the design so that it could apply to another product. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So same thing, just make them specific. Is that something that you see that the more specific without being like super niche, but the more specific, the more easily people can grab onto it because that's what they're looking for? Yes. I think over time, no, when you're brand new to this, you just have to do it. And what we see the people that are most successful, and that's why we provide templates in the course is because they need to open their shop within the first week of taking the course, or they're just never going to open it. And I know I've taken courses and kind of sat on it for a long time. So whatever opening the shop looks like for you, for some people, it's just listing the template exactly as we gave it to them. For some people, it's just like putting a product that they're not that proud of, but they just got to do it. Mm-hmm. That is usually the first experience. And then over time, you start to really get better at, instead of like this big bucket approach, big net approach, you're going to zero in. And that's where we start the keyword research and understanding, okay, who's my ideal buyer? What type of things are they typing into the different search platforms? What type of things are they looking for on the design? Like maybe we know in the podcasting space, what stuff is really important to having a podcast. And we make sure that those things are included in the product. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you look at what other people that are selling in that space are doing and you want to be competitive. Like if they all offer a fillable PDF, which is kind of a hot thing right now, printables, people still like those. But a lot of us, they, we want to type stuff in on our computer because we think we can type it faster than we can handwrite it at this point. Mm-hmm. So making something fillable might make you a product kind of like edge out over other people's products, but all that type of fine tuning and like really going deep, that does take a little bit of time. So when I'm saying I'm making a thousand dollars per month, that's just in my, the swag elephant, like Cody and I make thousands per month on these things because we have a budget behind the business of Gold City Ventures and it's part of the course and it's like a larger business. So the income potential, I've seen people on Instagram make 50,000 a month selling templates, someone who's a lawyer, like bingo, how many, I I know I've purchased a million of those legal templates. We even Mm -hmm. hired a lawyer to custom write templates for me. 
So you can really go like huge with this business, but it takes, it takes some time. That's interesting. What would you say is the average length of time from start to really ramping up? Like, I know you said there's that beginning part where you just need to get it started, but would you say it's a a six month thing, a two year thing? What's the rough timeline? We've seen people make over $10,000 their first year on Etsy, which is very possible. Mm -hmm. We have one woman in the course, she makes $100,000 a year on Etsy. And in fact, when she started doing that, I was like jealous. I'm like, wait a second, why am I taking six months off? Maybe, yeah. maybe I should be like leading into this because this is truly passive. Like the course and other businesses that I have while making course sales is passive. I'm actually like doing work every single right. day, mm-hmm. but the Etsy shop, I'm really not. The only thing I'm doing is I'm messaging customers if they have questions. And when you sell digital downloads, it's the same question every time they say, how do I download this? It's because Etsy has not made the download function available on the Etsy app. So the, the answer is the same. It's just, you tell the customer to go on their computer or open the browser on mobile. And it's, you can just copy paste it. It's the same question, but that's all I really did for six months. So seeing how successful she was, I was just thinking, wow, maybe if I put more time into this consistently, like, look what this side hustle is capable of. It could be a full-time job. Yeah, that is absolutely amazing. Um, one last thing that I wanted to talk with you about is learning more about the trend research, because I know that that is your bread and butter. So if we're all looking and thinking, okay, I've got some templates that I could do. And then you go to the trend research part. Do I go into Google trends? Is that what you're looking up? Is there a specific place in Etsy that I start to, to type words in? Tell us a little bit more about that process. I tend to do a lot of research in this space. If this is not you, you can make something for yourself and for your customers that they love and perfect it by using it. And then you can list that. Cause I know we have some people who they just truly hate this. Mm-hmm. Then we have some people like me who they love it. And a lot of people in the middle that are like, all right, well, I'll do it if it'll make me more money. So if you, if you can stomach it to do it. Yes. So I like to look on Etsy and of course, see what auto completes, scout out the competition. It's a very friendly place to sell directly copying anyone is not going to work because already people see theirs. So seeing yours right next to theirs is just not going to help either of you. It's just going to confuse people like why are there two? So, but getting a sense of, okay, well, how do they offer this product? What features do they advertise in the listing? What's in their listing description? Yes. Then I use tools like Google trends, Pinterest trends. I use some free and paid keyword research tools that we share the tutorials of how to do that in the course where I get long tail keywords of what people are looking for. So for example, I have a certain type of program, like a trifold program in my shop. I had a general keyword that I thought people wanted. Well, I used one of these tools and I found out that people wanted the golf version of that. And it was just kind of like a random thing, like, okay, golf, why? But I saw good search volume that they wanted golf. So I changed it up, put some T's on that thing. And now that thing sells really well. And it stands out because not a lot of the sellers do keyword research. So if you are someone who does, and you know, the customer is looking for golf, well, they pop up, they see mine, they see everybody else's that's generic. And they're like, oh, that's what I wanted golf. So there you go. Uh Uh, There, there are these, those keywords can result in higher sales for you. You can get a higher conversion rate if you want it to and choose to do that. Interesting. Last but not least on that one, is there any kind of like algorithm on Etsy? If you get more, if you convert better or something like that, are they more likely to push you more towards the top or is there no trending thing like that? There is. Etsy doesn't release what the secret sauce is to the algorithm, but they do try to give you good help advice in the Etsy seller handbook. 
And in some ways it's kind of obvious things. So listing pictures look good. You, you don't have very many chances to get the buyer's attention. And we all know as from shopping on Etsy, I don't really read the item description until I've decided it's the right product in the listing images. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to spend a lot of time, spend the most time on the first listing image and then spend the second most time on making the other listing images that you're swiping through on your phone, make those look good, especially on mobile, and then worry about the description. And all of this is, we haven't even looked at the product yet. Cause I think a lot of us as entrepreneurs, we worry so much about the product, but yeah. it's really like sales and marketing. That's the make it or break it. So if you get that right, you'll do well on Etsy. I love that. Julie, this has been so eye-opening, like the amount of things that we're learning that I just had no idea about this industry at all. So can you tell us if everybody who's listening is like, okay, I've got to learn more. Can you tell us a little bit more about the course and or what other stepping stone would make sense next for people who, who want this support and would like to try out printables on Etsy? Sure. So I can give you a free ebook to give away if you'd like awesome. to and link to it in the show notes Oh yeah, that talks about the seasonal product research that I mentioned cool. earlier in the podcast. And it gives ideas of 12 months of calendar, different ideas that you could sell on Etsy. And then a little bit about one keyword research tool that we like to use that's very good for selling on Etsy. So that's a great step. You can check that out in the show notes. And then for more information about us, you can go to goldcityventures.com. And I say us because I have a business partner, Cody Berman. That's a whole nother story. But one of the ways that I've been successful as a mompreneur is I have a business partner. Mm -hmm. And yes, we split the money 50-50, but it was the best decision I ever made. Because when I had my daughter and I had times where I had to step away, I had someone that could step and lean in. And we've just completely gone back and forth and it's been tremendous. So Cody is fantastic. You guys will love him too. Mm -hmm. Go to goldcityventures.com and you can learn more about us. Awesome. All of that will be linked in the show notes as well. So you can easily click through and see all of the amazingness that Julie and Cody have to share with us. Before we wrap things up, are you ready for a couple of rapid fire questions? Okay. All right, cool. First one is what is your favorite strategy to help you be more present and productive besides selling printables like you shared with us today? Okay, more present. Well, the first thing that comes to mind is I recently hired a nanny and that has been just life-changing because I was trying to DIY this mompreneur thing for years and I hit my breaking point this past fall, hired a nanny from a recommendation of a neighbor and it's just been so nice. And at first I was very concerned about like having to pay someone and making sure that I made more money in that hour than I paid to her and all these things. I mean, she's, she's very affordable. She's wonderful. But this morning I spent 30 minutes shopping for statement earrings on Etsy and I didn't feel bad about it at all. Yes. At all. So, you know, it's been the best decision that I think we've made as a family. And it makes you more productive. It does. I mean, getting your schedule in order, especially when it's women like us who have young kids, it's, it's hard. I've done both. We've had two nannies. We've also had a season where we had no one. And so I had to do the 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. and do the evening. And it just wears you down like that mm -hmm. on top of just being the mom and taking care of a human life nonstop. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's too much. We, we need some help. So I couldn't agree with that more. OK, next. Tell me, what is your number one essential support you have that you can't live without? Oh, man. OK, so what has been really helpful is signing up for masterminds with other entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And I, I have the most wonderful friends. And I actually recently moved to be closer to friends and family. My friends from home are wonderful, but they could care less about entrepreneurship. And they've always supported me, but it's not the same. We're not going through the same thing. And now that I'm not in corporate anymore, 
we're just living these kind of different lives. And I just feel like I, I got to find people that get it. So I will pay to be around other women like me mm-hmm. and I'll pay a lot of money to be around other women like me. And I think just those connections and networking and collaborations that you get from those experiences, you can't put a dollar figure on it and you're going to grow your business just being around these people or you'll feel better. I mean, yeah. I'm, I joined one mastermind just so they could tell me it was okay to hire a nanny and get a cleaning service. And you know what? It was well worth the money because I did. And now I'm telling you how great it was. Exactly. Where did you find masterminds and things like that? Because I don't know about you, but I think it's always so hard to find your tribe. Like that in itself is a whole process. So I'm curious if you had any ways that that you uncovered these great groups that you found. I used to do it through in-person conferences. And I can't do that anymore, but I I went to a lot back in the day. And in that sense, it was kind of hard. A lot of the conferences I was going to was in the financial space because that's where my podcast was before I got into Etsy. Mm -hmm. So I met a lot of people. That's where I met Cody, my business partner. But lately I've been joining business coaches masterminds Mm -hmm. and I was not necessarily skeptical of the business coaching space, but I just, I'd never had a business coach. And I have a very specific business helping people sell printables on Etsy. So I, I don't work with clients. So I didn't know if I could find commonality there, but those are the people that I'm similar to and we're going through the same thing. So I joined that and I've learned a lot. I mean, I, I don't necessarily plan to take on clients. I, I kind of like this more passive model I have with my businesses, but I can definitely learn a lot from the women that I'm meeting in these groups. And no matter what line of business you're in, having a coach can help improve your own business. I love that. I love that. Tell us what is your go-to self-care activity when you do have some me time? I know you mentioned shopping on Etsy. That's that's one. But what else is something that you do to fill your cup back up after all the craziness of being a mom and an entrepreneur? So for years I had, I don't know if it's healthy or not, but working on my business relaxes me. Mm-hmm. I, I go in online, doing things, learning that is what relaxes me. And for a long time, I was thinking, oh, well, I need to do something else because I need to do painting or I need to do this type of thing. I think I've this year, I've just accepted just I'm like so burnt out with everything going on. I'm just going to be myself. And if going behind the computer is what relaxes me, I'm not going to feel bad about it. Like, oh, I should be, you know, knitting. This is what I like to do. So that's what I'm going to do. I love it. I think we all need more of that. And I think if, if all of COVID and everything has taught us one thing, it's like, just do you be yourself. And like, that's what we need of more in this world is if everybody is just the unique fingerprint that you are, instead of all trying to be the same and comparing and all of that, it's how, how better off would we be? So I'm so glad that, that is what you do. And yeah, I'm a uh, research junkie and uh, I consume a million things. And so I'll go on walks and listen to podcasts and I'm right there with you. All right, last but not least, tell me your most stereotypical mompreneur story. Think like kids running through a Zoom call with underwear on their heads. What is one thing that only us mom entrepreneurs are going to hear you get it, laugh and say, girl, we've been there. Oh man, this is just the day to day, right? I mean, I can't even, I can't even think of one specific scenario, but I just know that we're all going through this. So, you know, recording a podcast, kids crying, the dog is barking at the mailman and there's some other chaos going on, but you're trying to sound professional to your customers, your clients, but like inside you're just totally sweating because you know that you're, you're potentially blowing it. I think that's, that's the situation that we're all going through together right now. And it's just, it's daily. So for me, I've been really relaxed about screen time. And right now my family, we're getting into Encanto. I don't know if you've seen that 
Yes, I just started watching it. My son is just not a big movie person. He loves TV, but we he's two and a half. So we just, he hasn't really, I have been, we watched a couple of minutes of it in like 20 minute sections. We still have 20 minutes left. I'm like, Jack, can we watch it now? No, mama, I don't want to finish it. I was like, well, I want to finish it. It's so yep. good. That's how I feel too. And I keep suggesting it to my daughter as well. And she's into repetition. So the more time she sees a movie, the more she likes it. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to play the music more around the house so that she'll be more into watching it. Yeah. And I've changed the lyrics. Like instead of we are the family madrigals, I'm like, we are the family burnagers. We all sing <laughs> I love it. it. But yeah, so that that's something that I've been doing because sometimes I need to d- get something done on my phone. And I've just put on the TV and I've got it done. And then that way I'm not, not paying attention to her. Cause I hate being on my phone when we're playing together. And then mm-hmm. she, she realizes it now she's over two and she knows like, mommy don't work or whatever. Mm-hmm. It kills me, but I'll just be a little bit more relaxed with myself about the screen time. We get through the task and then we move on. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I love just, yeah, letting it, letting it be easier and letting us all breathe and knowing that we're all not alone. Cause I'm sure we're like, I don't want to do more screen time. The other day I was the same way. I was just feeling exhausted. And I was like, we're just going to watch TV for much longer than we normally do. That's going to be okay. That's, you know, it's, it's a give and a take. And so I love that we can all share those tips and those stories together. Julie, this has been amazing. I so appreciate your time and opening our eyes to a whole new world that a lot of us might not have realized is a possibility and that can create us new income, more revenue, and really grow our businesses and allow us to be more present and productive. I so appreciate your time. Everybody, make sure you head to the show notes so that you can see all of Julie's amazing amazingness and I really appreciate you taking a listen. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Loved it? I'd so appreciate your review. Ready to become an authority in your space? To build a community around your brand on your terms? This is your sign to get it done. Head to themompreneurguide.com authority and we'll take care of you with our new free audio training. See you next time.